Well, hello everybody. Um, welcome back to another episode, episode eight. Um, today we'll be talking about Christian fellowship mm. and confession that we make have to make is that we're not credential ministers. Amen. So please do test everything that we say against the Bible and hopefully whatever we say is in line with scripture. Amen. In, in honor of Reformation Day today, we especially want to affirm that we need to test everything in scripture. Amen. All right. So today's question, at what point does hanging out with church become a distraction? Where do we draw the line between church fellowship and just hanging out? This is a great question because plenty of people just hang out. Not us ever. We're always fellowshipping. fellowshipping. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Okay. So I guess that brings up the first question is like, uh, what is fellowship? Like what is kind of the biblical understanding of fellowship or any guidelines and, and that sort of thing? So any, any thoughts off the bat? You go first. Okay. <laughs> Church fellowship. Well, I think, I think the Bible does make very clear that okay so i think i think first we start from like our vernacular understanding of uh of fellowship like what is fellowship when we say fellowship or when christians say fellowship they most often mean like spending time with other christians that's usually what we mean um and the bible does make it clear that we need to make an effort to continually meet with uh brothers and sisters in faith to exhort one another to rebuke one another even to correct each other but also to worship together Passages that support this, such as in was it Hebrews 10, Hebrews 10, where it says, don't neglect to meet with one another, as some are in the habit of doing. Um, and then elsewhere in, for example, like Colossians, I believe 3, it talks about uh, exhorting one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and that sort of thing. So I think the Bible does make clear that believers are meant to spend time together. Um, and we can go kind of into like, why is that the case? Why why do we need fellowship in the, in the first place? Um, like are we because because especially nowadays when you can just find a really great sermon online you can open spotify or youtube and pull up your favorite worship leaders you don't even need to go to a church service to to listen to good praise songs so like what's like why do you need to go to a church uh at all these days or when you can even live broadcast into a church service you know um but i think that kind of defeats the purpose of those gatherings in the first place it's something that david and i kind of addressed in episode four why should we go to church it's not just for you to get something out of it, but there is something very intentional about the act of coming together specifically to worship God. And even if it's not on a Sunday service, uh, by coming together with Christian brothers and sisters, we are expressing um, that we can't do this Christian life on our own, that we need brothers and sisters to come alongside us. And we, we need to come alongside other brothers and sisters to um, encourage them and to grow them in the faith. Yeah, that's kind of a baseline shallow answer. Yeah. I think I also think of like passages in the Bible where Jesus, or just in the Bible where it talks about with each other or mm. one another, right? Love one another, right? And it implies that you are in a situation where there is another to love, yeah, right? And like, you know, you can make the, someone could try to be like, well, it's just me and my wife or, you know, whatever, me and my spouse, and we're just going to like do life and we don't need a church or anything like that. But at the same time, like how, um, how weak, you know, sometimes, even just two Christians by themselves can like fall into sin and how easily uh, people can justify sin. Yeah. Right? I think that's why we need this community to not only so that we can like display the love of Christ in these communities, but also that like this community keeps us accountable, keeps us uh, rooted, encourages us uh, and also rebukes us in the times that we need to be rebuked. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it, in the, 
kind of what we stated so far, there is a, an underlying principle that church fellowship or biblical fellowship isn't just a matter of being with other mm. believers. Yeah. Um, the examples of activities, of shared activities that we're giving, like praying together, worshiping together, exhorting each other, rebuking and correcting one another, teaching each other, all of those have a common theme of growing each other in Christ, of exhorting each other to Christ-likeness and to godliness. Um, and I think that's kind of one of the main points that we want to make today is like, what is fellowship? Fellowship is not just hanging out with your bros or your sisters, having a good time. Um, although there is an element of that and we can get, get to talking about the day-to-day -day life aspect of fellowship. But I think as with all things, fellowship especially is done with the express purpose of growing other people, pointing them to Christ. Um, no, I guess that kind of brings up the question, like, what place do day-to-day -day activities or even having fun have in the life of a, in the daily life of a church and just uh, in fellowship? Oh, do you have kind of thoughts for that? Like, where does fun fit into fellowship? I think I was I was gonna add something to a point that you were mentioning earlier. Mm. Yeah, I remember hearing from I forget somewhere somewhere that like <laughs> I think it was some pastor who made the point that like fellowship can't be detached from God's word. Mm. So we can't just have Christians that gather to do something and they just call it fellowship. Mm. Well, fellowship must be both rooted and the God's word must be very intimately part of Christian fellowship, right? In the way that we pray, we pray for God's will to be done. How do we know God's will? We know it through what's revealed in scripture, Amen. right? How do we encourage each other? We encourage each other, not just by giving some good advice, right? But we encourage each other by God's word, right? And the truth that's revealed in it. And I think that really captures well um, how, I guess, focused Christian fellowship really is on God's word, yeah. right? And on, on who God is ultimately. Yeah. 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 I think by way of making it more, this principle more concrete, what David is kind of drawing out is like, you can't be like, uh, I don't know, like, I think, I think we often make the mistake of being like, oh, like, we're all gonna, uh, we're all gonna, like, go to what's something neutral and not like attacking specific <laughs> people. <laughs> we're all gonna go to this amusement park and have fellowship. Like, okay. Um, I think here's where we want to, like, introduce, like, or kind of, kind of uh, draw out what place does, like, day-to-day -day life or just fun have in the in the life of a church i think like something that i've i had to really wrestle with and grow in was like uh my freshman year when i first came to berkeley um my idea of growing in the body was purely like the kind of obvious activities of church like if we're not praying together if we're not worshiping together if we're not reading the bible together we're not we're not building a christian community um there is some truth to that where if those things are completely absent then yeah we're not building a, a christian community but at the same time i think what i missed my first two years of college was uh that there is an element of relationship building that's required where people aren't always on the same page uh, aren't always in the same place spiritually and so sometimes they do need that time to just laugh together and just uh go through life together and share struggles with one another um, even if it's not an explicit prayer meeting um, there are extremely valuable times where like you're just grabbing a meal with somebody and you get to know them a little bit more and you grow more in your care for them and you enjoy your time with them like those are all very vital aspects of of christian life and building relationships and building a christ-centered community but at the same time i think one of the points that david and i are kind of trying to drive home here is that can't be all there is to christian fellowship christian fellowship isn't just about getting close with people because or 
I think it's like, like with every other community, Christian community seeks to get closer together. But the big question we have to ask ourselves is, what are we converging on? What are we getting, like, what is the basis of our closeness? Because if the basis of my closeness with you is that, oh, like we, we went bowling together and we had a good time, you know, like that's a, that's a very weak kind of connection. And it, it really looks no different from if like two people from a frat went bowling together and had a good time. Uh, or if, oh, like we like to go eating together or we like to drink together in our own apartment. Like that's definitely not a good basis to, to grow close to, to somebody. Um, so I think what we're trying to draw out here is that like there isn't a day-to-day, there is a day-to-day aspect to Christian life where you're just living life together, laughing together, like doing stupid stuff, not sinful stuff, but like just, you know, fun, fun, yeah, enjoying the time together. But that can't be all there is because we can't call that fellowship if it's just about our own enjoyment. It's just about like having fun uh, and not at all really pointing each other to Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think also limiting Christian fellowship to just, oh, we just, it's like only worship, prayer, reading the word, I think also misses a point in that like God can and often does, I think, speak and move and work in ways that are like outside of that, right? And not against his character or anything like that, right? But even in the ways that you might just be hanging out with someone, right? And then perhaps maybe that leads to a discussion about, I don't know, something, right? And then sometimes something that you might have not been able to have unless like you were there and that like, you were doing this thing together, right? Which may be completely unrelated to Christianity or Bible or faith or church, yeah. right? Knowing that like that can lead to something else, right? And, you know, th- that's not to say like everything now becomes a fellowship, right? Because I think there are times where, and I think there are also times that you can just enjoy good fun together with your friends, right? And there's nothing particularly wrong about that, right? Yeah. And I think maybe it becomes particularly wrong when, um, you know, it becomes a distraction, which I hope we get to talk about a little in a little bit. But and there's a there's nothing particular wrong about that, about just kind of spending time together. But at the same time, that can't be all all there is. Yeah, to our friendships. Yeah, and especially to our relationships as brothers and sisters in Christ. Right? That can't be one of the basis, and that can't be everything that we do. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it also I was kind of thinking about like a similar question, like you know, some differences between just a close friend. And maybe some someone that you're like accountability partners with, right? And there are these subtle differences. Even if like, you know, they go to the church, same church with you, right? Doesn't mean that we are all expected to have the same level of intimacy in all our relationship, mm, yeah. right? And I think um, recognizing that there's also that those differences, but also that doesn't restrict the ways that we can have um, like Christ-centered and also like word-focused, right? And word-central um, relationships with each other. Yeah. I think a, a very commonly used passage to describe church fellowship is in Acts 2, verses 42 to 47. Uh, this is describing the early church. So the context of this passage is uh, the Holy Spirit has descended on Jesus' disciples as he promised. And being filled with the Holy Spirit, Peter stands up in the middle of an enormous crowd in Jerusalem and he preaches the gospel. He convicts them of their sin. The Holy Spirit cuts the listeners to the heart. Uh, Peter exhorts them to repent of their sin and put their faith in Jesus. And that very day, around 3,000 people were saved all at once. And so the early church went from a few hundred followers of Jesus to several thousand in one day. And so you have to ask yourself, what did those several thousand people do? And how did they keep going and keep growing into an actual church? Um, And then verse 42 clues us in, says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship 
to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the result of this, and the Lord added to their number day by day, those who were being saved. So I think a few things I want to point out here in verses 42 and then in 46. In 42, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. The apostles' teaching meaning uh, pretty much scripture. They were, they were devoting themselves to examining the scriptures, to learning from the apostles, to learn the things of God and to learn about the gospel. Uh, and from that place of understanding the gospel and understanding the love that they and the mercy that they received from God, that's how they were able to actually draw near to one another. Um, I think we often kind of make distinctions between, oh, there is uh, in the scope of Christian life, there is reading the word and knowing God. And then there is like Christian fellowship. And then there's like evangelism. And then there's like prayer. So as like we compartmentalize these different aspects of, of Christian life as if they are disconnected from one another. But what we see is it is only by being firmly rooted in the gospel from understanding the gospel that we're able to love one another rightly in the first place, able to pray rightly, able to give rightly and meet up together rightly. Um, and so they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. Uh, and in 46, it says, day by day, they attended the temple together, meaning they went and worshiped together, and they broke bread in their homes together. Uh, and the I think the construction of the Greek verbs indicates it was a continuous action. So it wasn't just for that that first week when everything was exciting, but they were continuously worshiping together and breaking bread together and eating together, spending time together, praising God and having favor with all the people. So I think what this picture of the early church shows us is not just like, oh, like they, they spent a lot of time together. That's why they were a good church, but they had a lot of, they had a lot of things in common, right? Uh, if you think about it during this time is the, the feast of, I think, P Pentecost, which is where Jewish believers from all over the known world were coming, converging back into Jerusalem. So people from a bunch of different cultures and uh, backgrounds and, you know, like stages of faith and things like that. Uh, and somehow, or externally, they didn't have anything in common. But the one thing they did have in common was Christ, was the gospel. That's why they were able to love each other so selflessly. I think that's another really important kind of principle that we want to draw out here. What, what does our church fellowship look like? It's not just gathering together because we have a lot of things in common, like same ethnicity or culture or background or interests, but rather on the basis of Christ, on the basis of the gospel, I'm able to love you and I want to spend time with you and I want to exhort you to Christ. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So now, David, huh. at what point does hanging out with church become a distraction? When you don't do that. All of the above. Yeah. <laughs> when you don't do all of the above. Yeah. <laughs> refer back to the... <laughs> Earlier, the first 18 yeah, minutes of, of this, this video. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. But realistically, yeah, that right, I think very often I've, you know, maybe not personally encountered, but like have heard of people that end up doing things for God or, you know, things like that. And they end up just compromising on spending time with the word, compromising their relationship with their brothers and sisters, right? compromising um, the ways that they're growing with the community, right? Whether it's like going to small groups or going to like, you know, weekday, other like large group events, Friday nights, or, you know, even like Sundays, right? I think people doing things for God, but end up really compromising and sacrificing all these other ways that um, 
and leading them to, I would say, disobey God in certain senses too. Um, And I think maybe that's a little bit different from just hanging out with church friends. I think that same principle still applies in that, like, we don't very aimlessly spend time with church friends. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think to share more from like personal experience, my freshman year, David knows this because we actually lived together freshman year. But like I, I often dealt with a lot of personal frustration just because the time that our freshman class spent together, it did, it was objectively just hanging out. Um, now, at the time, I of course didn't see that apart from the big group settings, people were building deeper relationships they were getting to know each other in more meaningful ways but from the outside all i could see was man we're just playing together we're just like staying up late eating and you know playing card games and that sort of thing it's like there's there's no there's no use to this there's no christ in this you know and i think uh our our class really felt the consequences of that in the years that followed where we weren't used to really talking about our faith together we weren't used to exhorting each other in christ we weren't used to reading together or asking each other how they're doing in faith and and things like that. And so because we established that expectation, like, oh, we're just going to have fun together. We didn't really know how to actually do Christian life together. Um, And I think every class, at least in our church community here in Berkeley, like every group of Christians probably experiences something like that, where initially when people come together, they they immediately start looking for ways that they vibe with each other or like, having fun together. That's why like every Christian group I've ever met has had like welcome events and that sort of thing, like things that help people feel more comfortable with each other and vibe with each other and things like that. And those things are valuable because it it can kind of, it can really help people see like, oh, like I can kind of see myself opening up to these people and that sort of thing. But when it just stays at that level, when it just stays at the level of, oh, like I vibe with you, I'm comfortable with you guys, I can keep being exactly where I am right now in my faith. Yeah. then I think that's where it's dangerous. Um, and I think what it requires is uh, individual people growing in their individual desire for God. And then, uh, okay, I think this is where I went wrong. For me, what it looked like for me was trying to force other people to want God too, without realizing that only God can really change people's hearts and cause them to desire him individually. But when God surely, slowly but surely, does so in his perfect timing, then when we look up and we realize that what I'm chasing after is Jesus. And what you're chasing after is now Jesus. We can chase after him together. We can pursue him together. And in those moments is where we experience a unity that could not have resulted from just hanging out or spending time together. Now that takes prayer. It takes a lot of patience. But I think it at the same time, there is an element of responsibility for us to challenge one another and exhort one another to that standard of godliness, to have grace for one another, yes, but also not to... Um, to kind of shrug off the responsibility of building a community in holiness. Um, yes, yeah, I said a lot there. But the TLDR is like, we need to be serious about exhorting one another onto godliness. We can't take those commands flippantly, mm-hmm. but at the same time, we also need to have grace and patiently wait on God's timing to change people's hearts and, and, and desires. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, that's pretty good. As always, by the way, uh, for our live viewers, if at any point you want to jump in and ask follow-up questions, things like that, then uh, please just send them in and we'd be happy to answer. Also, we got a new mic. Shout out to our uh, senior class director, Jeremy Kim, for gifting gifting us with a new microphone. Amen. This is just one step of many to come for us to really take it to the next step. The next level. Mm. Amen.
Amen. From yeah. glory. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. And as always, uh, Hyung is here to moderate. moderate for us. So if anyone has any questions, please do feel free to um, submit them and hopefully we'll get to them if it's related and or can be answerable in like on the spot. Yeah. Yeah. David, how's your experience been with this question? Like wrestling with this question and things like that. Mm. I know like freshman year and even till now, like you and I have observed a lot of the same things, a lot of the same kind of struggles in our own church community, but like what's kind of been your thought process? What are ways that God has challenged your understanding of fellowship and and that sort of thing? Yeah. Um, Hmm. I think freshman year, like as you know, all the things that Joseph was mentioning was happening. I wasn't really part of that. I think partly by choice, um, not because I didn't want to necessarily spend time with people. I think my focus was just like, oh, like, you know, people are staying awake till late and I don't want to stay awake. So I'm just going to like go home and sleep early. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Joseph can attest to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this man slept at like 9 p.m. every day, freshman year. Yeah. Um, and I think perhaps like part of that had to come from like just feeling like, oh, like I've learned what I need to do to maintain my faith. So I just like just need to stay home, read the Bible, pray, you know, go to upper room and pray every once in a while. Just kind of do that, and you know, and then I'm fine. Right? And then I go to church on Sunday. It wasn't like I was missing home group or missing, um, missing large group or anything like that. I was like attending all the you know church things. It just you know I, didn't, I guess I didn't feel the need for anything else outside of that. Yeah. Right? Unless you know it just happened to happen. Right. Um, I think the ways that I've kind of grown from that place is both in I think one saying that like I need people in my life to like encourage me to uh, point me back to the word to point me uh, to see the ways that I guess I know may not be living it according to what the word says and also to turn away from that right and to uh, obey God and humble myself before God um, and I think a lot of that had to do with just kind of I think being thrown into kind of apartment life sophomore year and I think things really change yeah right? you're far from everybody yeah and I think the times that you get to spend with people also suddenly change. Right? And I think I kind of saw the value in that. Um, anyway, continue on. Um, and I think that's when I kind of learned that I need to be doing more life-to-life with people, right? just mm-hmm. kind of walking through life together with others. Um, yeah. And, you know, you, the simple things like cooking or like getting groceries. Right? And like these are the ways that, like, one, you develop friendship and also like deeper relationships can come out of that. Um, I think uh, I guess those are kind of the ways that like I've grown in seeing what church fellowship is and I guess like like what you were mentioning like various frustration with um, whether it was like our class specifically or our church or whatever um, seeing that like God is working right? and mm-hmm. I think that has been really encouraging that God is working even if you know it, it's not super apparent or uh, like seems like everyone you know yeah. everyone can see it yeah, yeah. Okay, John, we see your question. What are some suggestions or feedback for large groups? So for those who aren't uh, kind of part of our Living Water Church community, uh, a large group is when our church fellowships gather together on Friday nights, uh, 7 to 9 p.m. Uh, at various locations to fellowship, to gather together as and worship together as one college ministry. Um, I think most college groups have comparable kind of gatherings. Um, so like college group, college groups or youth groups, groups yeah. those sorts of things. 
So what are some feedback for large groups, general fellowshipping organizations in general? Okay. Uh, Bread. This, yeah, <laughs> this is a, this is a, this could be a very dangerous question. <laughs> okay. Um, I think, I think something that uh, I believe should always be there is, uh, I think like what David was saying earlier, we can't really call it fellowship if there isn't an element of the word or of some truth or of some kind of exhortation uh, present in that gathering. Because I think, I think what our gatherings can sometimes amount to is we'll do like a fun activity and then just stick a worship song at the end and call that fellowship. Uh, now, I think the times that we can spend like as a group across generations, across ages and things like that is really valuable. But then I think at, at least this is like kind of kind of my personal take on things is like people will go out of their way to have fun together regardless of if you organize something for them people will go out of their way to get to know each other regardless of if you organize something for them people will not necessarily go out of their way to receive the word together people will not necessarily go out of their way to worship together to pray together um, to be convicted and to repent together and i think those are the, the areas of day-to-day christian life where it is that much more important for church leadership to step in and provide those spaces and opportunities for people to intentionally worship in those ways because people don't necessarily do do those by default. Um, I think if you were to, for example, on a random Friday, you were to just have a, a group of Christians come together and you just didn't give them any sort of game plan and they didn't know each other really. Like it could go any number of ways, but if it defaults to like let's let's have like a board game night or let's just have fun and things like that like people can have fun in those times and maybe they follow up with each other but they can have that outside of organized time too and i think what's much harder is to have a space where people can intentionally worship together and receive spiritual teaching and guidance together and i think that's that would be a more intentional use of the time yeah what do you think david ditto all right <laughs> yeah i and i think you know, very often, uh, one possible kind of response is like, "Well, then, does that mean we just need to like have a sermon every single Sun or like Friday? And what's different from a Friday and a Sunday?" You know, and I think it's a, I think it's a valid, I think response, right? It's valid, and I think you know that's not, I guess, it's not to whatever you and I are saying. It's not to like suggest that that it's just Friday, just another Sunday, right? and it just needs to be the same, right? And it's not what we are suggesting. But I guess a more focused and intentional look at god's word right? and perhaps even you know in some of the limitations of what sunday is right sunday you know in sundays you can't just like ask a question right in the middle yeah right but maybe like you know there could be room for that on fridays or during large groups where it's a little bit more informal right um, a little bit more studying together right it's not just sitting down and listening right? or like a very passive kind of not that like on sundays you should be passive you should definitely be active and like be thinking about what the uh pastor saying but not just think, receiving yeah, yeah um but like not just like digging through the word together and trying to see like what is the bible saying about this or about some topic now something i would say is um so david and i are part of a college ministry here in berkeley called passion living water something i would say is i have been really encouraged by the push to center on the gospel this semester specifically both between the home groups and our large groups making it explicitly addressed and explained um centering kind of our activities on the gospel centering our discussions on the gospel i think that is exactly where our our 
our fellowship and every fellowship needs to be. Because I think one more point I want to bring up about like our large group gatherings and things like that is if like, I think one general principle that I always try to keep in mind whenever planning something or when I'm doing something for ministry is I think of it as if a non-Christian were to walk in in the middle and this was the only thing they ever walked into, would they hear the gospel? Would they understand and be convicted of their sin? Would they know to put their faith in Jesus? Uh, that's a really kind of high bar to set, especially even for like just Friday, normal Friday gatherings. But I think it's a principle that I try to keep in mind because realistically, there are people coming from all different like uh, stages of faith. There are plenty of people who have been coming out to church who don't know the gospel and who simply aren't saved yet. Uh, and that's not necessarily that's not even necessarily their, their fault. You know, it's like, I mean, it is like a bad thing and that they're not saved, but it's, yeah. not, it's not really their fault. Um, so I think that's, again, where like, how can we as a church be more intentional about how we spend our time together so that the gospel is explicitly uh, showcased and highlighted as the thing that brings us together? If a non-Christian were to walk into your church's gatherings and assume that what is most valuable or treasured in your congregation is how much food you can eat together or how well you get along, then I think I think that's a really huge missed opportunity. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah. sorry, kind of jumping on a point, like I think it, just in Christian communities, we always talk about like, oh, I want to be a salt and light, right? And like, that's like a very common thing. Right? And I think this is one very clear way we can be a salt and light. Right? One very clear way to show who God is right? yeah. in the gospel, right? And the, I think the gospel, both in Christ and the gospel, very accurately shows who God is. Yeah. Right. And I think if we are pursuing that and, and striving to let the gospel be clear and shown in the times that we gather together, I think that's one very intentional way we can be a light. Yeah. And I think one more thing to bring up, especially tying back to the main question for today, where do we draw the line between church fellowship and just hanging out or just having fun? Um, there was a pastor that, uh, or one of our pastors down in San Jose for Hyung and me said, uh, when it comes to fun, if we're trying to draw people into church with fun, we're going to lose every time because the world is way more fun, right? Like in a secular organization or community, you can go bowling and you don't have to sing a song you don't even know it's about at the end. You know, you could just go bowling and have a good time or you could just go to a party and, and have a good time. You know, like you could go to any number of concerts and just, you know, have a good have a good time and just have fun. You know, like why would you, why would you come to uh, a church gathering that's like everyone else but just slightly worse you know like <laughs> there's no there's no reason for that like if if i have a choice between like having fun or having fun but also needing to do some religious stuff do some religious stuff it's like why not just go have fun so instead of meeting halfway compromising in that way it's like if instead our gatherings are a place where it is intentionally like we are going to ask hard questions that you might not ask or consider elsewhere, that you might not have a space and time to wrestle with or people to wrestle with about these sorts of things. You know, like if someone were to walk into one of our meetings and see like, whoa, like they're dealing with questions that I have deep in my heart that I've never taken the time to think about, or they're, they love each other in a way that goes beyond just having fun together. And they're loving each other from a place that I want to understand, you know, like, uh, I think, uh, some of our juniors made this point a few weeks ago at one of our large groups. It's like holiness is not just wholesomeness. It means to be set apart. Holiness means to be different from the rest of the world. And so in that regard, when we, when we do spend time together, 
we can't just um, look like the rest of the world. And I think when we do look like the rest of the world, we actually look that much less attractive because people can look at church and say, well, they're just like us. Like, why, why should I bother? But if instead they were to look into a church and see, oh, they're, they're, thinking, of, they're thinking on another level. They're engaging with questions and struggles that I've never really wrestled with or dealt with or I, I don't even know how to deal with. I want to get in on that. I want to get in on, on this kind of gathering where they're going to wrestle with these things. Then I think we could start to see some change. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Anything else? I don't think so. I think I think maybe um, some practical things. Some practical things. Because I, I think I, I also want to, again, for, for, especially for those who are joining a little bit later, to kind of uh, make sure we cover our bases. What David and I are not saying is, Every time you meet with Christians, it is like the time you spend is only valuable if you read the Bible together or if you pray together. That's not, that's not at all what we're trying to communicate here. Um, rather, our main point is the relationships we build and the community that we are building together cannot be just, just everyday things, just having fun, just like things like that. All of those have their place, but they are subordinate to in service of growing more in Christ-like love for one another and, and exhorting each other to the scriptures. I think one very significant statement Jesus makes is, the whole world will know you are my disciples by the way you love one another. And we can express that love through the day-to-day life, through enjoying our time together, laughing together, you know, like, you know, doing thoughtful things for one another. But then that can't be all there is because if we are just just acting but never really diving deep into the core explicit, like, truth of it of the gospel then we're kind of missing the point and we make the fellowship itself the idol you make the fellowship itself the goal um so some practical things uh, do do carve out time to spend time with brothers and sisters um be wary of becoming judgmental when people aren't spending times in ways that you see as productive um, have patience on people pray for them and hope that god can refine them and change them but at the same time uh encourage and be be the example, be a model to exhort one another to Christ. Um, reach out to people and ask them for their testimonies or ask how you can pray for them or encourage people with the word. You know, like when someone comes to you and, and you ask them like, hey, how are you doing? And they say, oh, I'm fine. And you just like ask like, no, like what, what are you really going through? You know, what's on your mind these days? And they open up to you. Don't just, oh man, that sucks. <laughs> I have a midterm too. You know, like <laughs> there's so much more to our lives than that, you know? Uh, you can demonstrate your care for somebody by showing that you care for their soul. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, like, I don't know, one more thing I would add to that is, like, you are not their savior. Mm. Right? And, like, I think oftentimes, like, you shouldn't feel like you alone need to bear the responsibility of whether it's growth that's happening in your class or within your friendships or whatever. Like, you are not the one that's going to bring, ultimately bring that. Right. And God can use the ways that, you know, you have been obedient to him. Right, like what you mentioned, encouraging, praying for them, asking them how they're doing. Right, at the same time, it's not something that we like force out of people. Like yeah. what your right mentioned earlier as well. That seems like a pretty good place to end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you again for tuning in to our eighth. Wow, it's already eighth episode. That's crazy. I think by episode ten we'll have like mm. new, we'll be at the new new setup. Mm. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. As always, everyone, thank you for listening. And please do feel free to reach out to any of us. Um, if you have any questions, anything you want to follow up with, um, we are more than willing to 
don't spend time answering any questions. Uh, please do also continue to submit questions on the Google form. The link is on the post. YouTube. Um, and we are also on YouTube where um, we're going to have better audio quality, uh, possibly even better video quality. Yeah. So and you can actually. Uh, there are timestamps time within the video. Question. So yeah. you can just kind of like skip to a spot to listen to something that you may have missed. Also, we're on Spotify. And now yes. that we have this new mic. No more white noise yeah, business. <laughs> we can actually uh, have some good quality. Yeah. Um, so those of you that want to listen to us on the go, you can feel free to follow us on Spotify. Amen. Yep. Alrighty. Um, any other final things? Yeah. No. Okay. Bye.